everybody. Good morning. Adar Aleph, we're learning, uh, sponsored by the Eagles, Lilu Nishmas Tzivya Brachas Bas Elia, anonymously in honor of the coming of Mashiach, by Linda and Sergemerkin, in honor of the son Yaakov Akiva, completing the Nach Yomi, and um, where's Serge? Is he here? I just saw him a second ago. He's here, right? And he, it's said here for the protection of the son Hillel Tzvi Yehuda. Oh, good. Okay, well, he was recently completed his Miloim duty for now and all the Chayalim. Okay, so that's, that's good. The week is sponsored by my parents. Wow. Commemorating my, gra- oh, wow. my grandmother's 26th uh, yard site. Chaya Rachel Bas Tzvi Hish. Amen. Huh? No, uh, no, that's that's my her husband's side. She was, she was grandma. <laughs> she was grandma. Chai Rachel Bas Tzvi Yeah, twenty six years. Wow. Okay. And by Shlomit Kafler Weinreb Leilunish Maschaya Brayna Bas Mordechai David on her tenth yotzeit, and by Sonia Green Leilunish Mas her Abba on his tenth yotzeit Yonavolf Ben Nasan. Okay. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Because I wanted to, instead of uh, just moving forward, I wanted to make sure that a certain nekuda of what we learned till now is really getting inside, really, really getting inside. What we've been, what we've seen so far, <coughs> bless you, God bless you. I just need, Mamasha, I need extra attention today. But we, what we've seen so far is that we're dealing with. The mitziyut, the reality here of loads of mistakes, of loads of mistakes, just like mistake after mistake after mistake when it comes to when it comes to the country. You know, it seems like that's what we've been seeing so far: loads and loads of mistakes. While Rav Ginsburg has shown us as well is that be'emet, like like Rabbi Nachman says, "Imatam ma'amin sheicholim lekalkel." Now, what if you believe that you could destroy, you could also believe that it could be fixed. What midah is needed in order to believe that something can be fixed? What midah is needed for that? Anava. anava. Why is anava needed for that? Because you need to be able to admit that something was wrong in the first place. So in order to fix, you don't necessarily have to be a gibo, a physical warrior. In order to fix something... You have to be a spiritual warrior that's willing to say, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe it, maybe something went off. When I was, I'm sorry, I'm just joking, but when I used to work for a sales company, I used to, my boss used to call me, tell me, I'm sorry, it's like, stop apologizing, it's a sign of weakness. After I realized it, no, that's a sign of strength. Right. So to be able, that's exactly, that's why, the point. Mamash kacha. My first boss in Israel told me, never apologize. For years, we've had these amazing moments of, of gvura, but in the big picture, it's been rosh bakir, which means, I don't know, in English it doesn't sound so... Uh, the yeah, so the midah, the midah that's needed when it comes to what, how Rav Ginsburg has developed, tikkun hamidot, for us to live a life, to live a completely different experience here in Eretz Yisrael, has to go through, uh, has to go through this refinement of understanding what the Torah of mistakes is all about. 
The Torah of mistakes is a whole Torah. Now, one of the greatest treasures I ever got in my life was a collection of tapes, which are about three weeks of recordings of Rib Shlomo Kralbach, July 1976, uh, during the three weeks where he taught every single day in Rechavia, Rechov Ben Maimon. One of his close Talmud followers, they're, they're not in the world anymore, Gavriel and Monique. It was a few houses down from where I ended up uh, living, and because I, in my, in my heart and soul, I was completely immersed in so much Torah that happened on that street, it was literally, it was literally tripping, just walking down, every time to go to the Makol, it was like, you know, I just heard all the Torahs that were said out of the building that, 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 that came, you know, that was right next to the Makol. And the amount of teaching that came down during those three weeks basically formed the book, The Soul of Jerusalem, more or less. Because it was, it was just pounding, pounding in there, the deepest depths of, of, of Chorban and Binyan of Yerushalayim. Now, one of, the, one of the most important teachings that I ever, ever, ever saw in there, and that now I'm going over again because I'm, I'm editing the last version of, of Evan Shlomo Dvarim in English to get out for this year as well, because Vayikram Bamidbar we're now submitted in English, and now Dvarim is being submitted, Bezrat Hashem, in the next two months, I hope, I hope, so that it could all come out at the end of this year and then complete the whole Chamesh Echum I want us to look at something from Rav Shlomo about understanding the Pneumius of Eretz Yisrael that goes hand in hand, mamash, with how Rav Ginsburg has showed us this. It's basically taking all the deep, deep Torah we've been learning but now just putting some sugar on it and giving it to us painfully sweeter right now. We're giving the medicine a little bit sweeter because this nekuda of tikuna ge'ava, of tikuna anava, is not just abedieved. When it comes to... This is so deep, okay, what I'm, what I'm about to say right now. The tikkun of ge'ava, when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, is not bedieved. It's actually lechatchila. What's the difference between the two? Is that you may look at yourself and be like, well, I got to be better because I, fe- I fell. If I didn't fall, I wouldn't have to be better. That's basically Galus teaching. That's outside Eretz Yisrael teaching. The teaching of Eretz Yisrael, of holding on to Eretz Yisrael, is to realize in the deepest, deepest depths, in Mamash the Pnimi Sheba Pnimi, is that when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, the tikkun itself, lechatchila, is the tikkun of gava, the tikkun of anava. I know that's a very high concept because that doesn't add up based on the way that we understand logic, even. But most things that really, really our life depends on, it's not because it ends up. It's not because it added up logically. It's because yesham mashu yesham malkiv yoter yoter amok. So before we move on, and if you see the next parak in tikkun of Medina is already dealing with keter. You're starting, you're starting with the highest level, starting from up here, of superconsciousness, of attaching myself to a lot of superconsciousness. I want to make sure that we understand what is the Torah of Eretz Yisrael? What does it mean that the Iker Nekuda is to be able to lift up fallen Ge'ava, like he called it, Ge'ava Nefula? So this is a teaching. This, this one, I, I made copies today, but there's just one cloud that I want to I wanna share with you. This is the type of Torah we used to learn, not, not here so much, but mainly in Yerushalayim, every day. The tricky thing with this is that because it's in English, our minds will take us to read the next line. 
But it's just the way it is. Listen, when I learn with Israelis text, they also go to the next line. Because it's in Hebrew, I understand it. I'm telling you that it'll be chaval for you. Because it's, it may be in English, but it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. It's not like another line, another line. This is one of the deepest Torahs in the world that I, I've ever seen. And I think it'll really put us in a spitz place to take it to the next level. I, I hope I have enough for everybody. Um, if not, you just have to share. Or you just have to open your heart and listen. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna run through it a little bit because it's not that you, you'll see there's a certain rhythm, there's a certain flow to it. But again, this is him teaching in July of 1976 in Yerushalayim in Rechavia. You good? Yeah, no, I started looking ahead already. You see, I know it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just because it's just the way we're programmed. It's okay. It's okay. We'll we'll get there. And this is called, basically, the Torah of Mistakes. Now, on this concept of Torah of Mistakes, there's another 25 pages of Torah just on this. And it's all based on the Ishbitzer. It's all based on the Mashiach. Maybe one section of it at a different time. It could be, because the title comes up all the time. So he says like this. After a person makes a mistake, and they come and ask what their tikkun is, what do you say? Now, first of all, you have to realize it's not the end of the world. You made a mistake. Like, that, that's, a, that's the first thing you have to acknowledge. You made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. See, but the people that say never apologize, for them, it's, no, 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 it's the end of the world, so you can't admit that you made a mistake. So the Ishbitzer says, and he quotes you the Beis Yaakov, the Mashiach's son, that Adam was driven out of paradise for this exact reason. We eat a hundred wrong apples a day. The sin of Adam Arishon was that he thought that after you make one mistake, you're out of the whole thing, and you start hiding. So imagine a couple gets married, and after a few days they get into a fight. He eats the wrong apple, she eats the wrong apple. So therefore it should be over. Who else? Anyone here never eaten a bad apple before? <laughs> the secret of life is that you have to start all over again, and the Torah begins with the word Bereshis to let you know that the secret of life is to begin again, not just once a day, but sometimes a thousand times a second. And this connects us to another teaching based on uh, also Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, and the base Yaakov brings this, that Bereshis spells out the word Bet Reshit, nachon, a second beginning. That's the world was created through this. Who are the ones that master the avoda of Bet Reshit? Those that understand that they need to start again, which means those that have anava. Achna'ah, whatever word you want to use. Here, here it can be interplayed. But those that understand that what? Rosh Bakir is not going to work. To stop. Be like, oh, the Torah started Dafka to give me space to keep on starting over again. And here I want you to know the deepest depths of the Torah. Now this next paragraph is, is it's, an, it's atomic, okay? Anything which is outside of me is not that important. Anything which my whole life doesn't depend on, I can know it by simply learning it. All the things that the essence of my life depends on, I can only learn by mistakes. Do you hear how deep this is? There are certain things that unless I know them in the deepest depths of my heart, unless they reach the deepest depths of my neshama, they haven't reached me at all. I want you to open your hearts in the deepest way. What's the deepest, deepest depths of Yiddishkeit? 
It's okay. The first thing is to mamish believe in God, as simple as it is. And the second thing is the Holy Land, Eretz Yisrael. What were the two greatest mistakes we made in the 40 years in the desert? One is the Shabbos, the golden calf, where we didn't know what God is all about. That was one thing. The first thing my life depends on, right? The second thing was the sin of the spies, where we didn't know what Eretz Yisrael was all about. You see, whenever they say, whenever they speak about the two, the two monumental sins that were the begam of Dora Midbar, it's always these two things. The God aspect that came out as Egel HaZahav, and the Eretz Yisrael aspect that came out as Cheta Meraglim. Now the Rambam says, the hardest thing in the world is not to be influenced by your environment. It says this brought this down in Hilchos Deus, in Mishneh Tron. What was so special about Avram Avinu? A lot of people before him also believed in God. But the special thing about Avram Avinu is that he drove himself away from his environment. Lech lecha me'artzecha. The people that, other people that believed in God didn't have to go through a lech lecha me'artzecha. Avram Avinu's Indian wasn't that he was the first one to believe in God. Others believed in God. But that he, he didn't allow his environment to say, to dictate to him, Shmachi, Zata, Lo Yazoncha. He defied his environment. Avram Avinu is on one side and the whole world is on the other side, like the Midrash explains to us why he's called Avram Ha'ivri, right? Me'ever. He's on one side and the whole world is Me'ever, on the other side. Now let me ask you. Do you think that when he broke away from the world, he hated the world and had nothing to do with them? What do you guys think? Like, what does the kid in you that went to yeshiva think? The only thing I know about Avram Avinu is that he smashed his father's uh, psalim. So if I had to like give me, get an imagery of little Avram Avinu, it'd be someone that hated the world because he knew that in order to be him, he had to get away from everyone because they all stunk. Smapiton. There was no one in the world who loved the world as much as Avram Avinu did. He loved the whole world, but they were not his teachers. We act the other way around. We hate the world, but every Shvendrik becomes my Rebbe. <laughs> I don't want to get too much into that sentence, and I might take it out of the final version, because it may not be... There are a lot of things that are edited here, obviously. This may not be that, that, under, that understood. Why do, you, why do you say that? It's like, Anthony Blinken, really, tell me what you think. Like, every silly nonsense becomes, it makes sense what he's saying. Well, because I don't think that we, we hate the world. That, but, but every Schmendrick does become a Rebbe, yes, but I don't think we really hate the world. Right now, um, I think we all have an impulse every now and then. Anyway, what is, a, <laughs> what is it to be in exile? To be in exile means I don't have the strength to break away from my environment. Okay, so this comes... Very much so. People talk, say like this a lot about the tarbut of Memshelet Yisrael, Le'orech HaDorot. Le'orech HaDorot, for generations, the culture of the governing factors in the country are very, very much influenced to an extreme by what the world would say. If it wasn't, there's no way in the world we would have gotten close to any type of <clears throat> mess like we're in right now. For whatever your logical reasons are, do you want to say it's an arms issue? Whatever the inyan is, it's still a matter of not having enough strength to completely break away from my environment, what they call ha-kehila ha-ben le'umit. Okay? That's how we were learning it until now. 
from, from Tikkun Medina. And here I want you to open your arts. Now here he gets to the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. The four books of Moshe, meaning Breshit, Shmot, Vayikra, and Bamidbar, are all about Dora Midbar. That's still the Galut. But Moshe Rabbeinu here, this is basically in Parsha Dvarim. He's talking to the generation who were on Mount Sinai, crossed the sea, and went into the desert. And now, sadly enough, after 40 years, they're all gone. It's now a new generation. That's why a lot of Mepharshim have a hard time understanding. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe Rabbeinu, who are you talking to when you're giving rebuke in the beginning of Dvarim? Like, you're, you're mentioning all these places that they send. Like, someone should have, if they didn't have code from Moshe Rabbeinu, they would have been like, uh, Brother Mo, <laughs> that, that wasn't us. That wasn't us. So there's a lot of tires on that. But here he's saying, now it's a new door. Now there's a new generation. Here comes Mishnah Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the generation that's going into the Holy Land. And what is he telling them? He's telling them the whole story of what happened to their parents for the past 40 years in the desert. And he is telling them all the mistakes their forefathers made. Now imagine, I take a Jew, and I really want to make them proud of their forefathers. Do you know what your Zayda did? Don't ask. Give out. When he was in New York, the things he did. Then he came to Chicago, give out what he did there. You want to hear more? Then he came to Miami. Strange. Moshe Rabbeinu wants them to be hidden, to keep the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu wants them to take over where Dora Midbar left off. Is this all he has to tell them? Like, what is he doing to them? Now, this next mashal, it's a mashal I've mentioned on Tisha B'av in the past. I've probably mentioned it in Parashas Tvarim at a certain point. This mashal cannot be more exact for the Torah of us, of what we're doing in this, in this shiurim, of the fixing of the Medina. Listen to what he says. Imagine I'm on the subway in New York. Next to me is the, most, is the absolute most beautiful girl in the world, and I'm instantly in love. What's your name? Now, this is the name he always uses in love stories. I don't know why. Sprintzela. Okay? Sprintzela from Borough Park. In a few seconds, we're getting to her stop. Sprintzela, you're so beautiful. What's your phone number? I have nowhere to write it down, but she tells me the number, and I try to remember it. 4356688. I'm asking for a pen and paper to write it down. I was so overjoyed, but in the meantime, I already forgot the exact number. Now the other side. I met this girl, Sprintzela, on the subway. I got her name, her number, and wrote it down on a piece of paper. That night I call her up, and next Sunday I meet her parents. Four weeks later we get married, and then we start having children. It's sweet. It doesn't, does it turn you on? It's a nice story, but does it, bring to, does it bring tears to your eyes? Not so much. Now back to the other side. Basically, the second story is not our story here in Eretz Yisrael. The first story is Mamashar's story. Back to the other side, the first story. I remember the first three digits, but not the next four. And I want you to open your hearts. I'm dialing for 2,000 years every combination of numbers in the world. And one day I can't believe it myself. Suddenly Sprinza answered the number I dialed. I can't believe it. Now let me ask you something. Would you say that now... After knowing the right combination, I know it the same way as if I would have remembered it from the beginning? Give out as a deeper. 
You understand what he did with this mashal? Now he said, we, we, we began dialing the number the right way about 75 years ago. I, I think that's a little bit what he's saying here. We're still dialing the next set of wrong numbers over and over and over again. But eventually, the way that I'll know God through the Torah of mistakes, which is what Eretz Yisrael is all about, cannot be compared in iota to anything that has to do with knowing the Ribbon Shleilam when things go right and things go straight. And things just go because I learn information, I do this right, and weiter. They may have kept us alive in Galut for all for many, many years. That was enough for me to hold on to my Yiddishkeit, to learn the right word, to know the right halacha, to act on it. But when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, it just doesn't work like this. And look at us. It's mistake after mistake after mistake. And yet what's the holiness? Is that we keep on dialing. We keep on dialing. Because we want Sprinza. Because she did something to us. She did, Sprinza did something to us. That moment on the subway is Matan Torah. That moment on the subway is Matan Torah, that we were all there. She did something to us in Malasot. And I'm dialing her number and I won't stop. Now, do you know how God gives countries to every nation? He gives country to every nation on the, on, the, on the level. On which level? They meet their soulmate in the subway, they write down the number and Mazel Tov. Germans, getting Germany. The Chinese, getting China. The Dutch, getting Holland. It's all beautiful. But do you know the way God gives us our country? We're dialing the wrong number for 2,000 years. When it comes to us, Yidin, first we make mistakes, then the world wants to kill us for our mistakes. But the way we're getting to know God is not to be believed. The way we know God after the golden calf and the sin of the spies is so deep, so much deeper than it would have been had we not messed up with Egel Azav and with the Miraglim. He's basically saying, can you imagine, if we got the Torah in Har Sinai, we did everything right, and then walked into Eretz Yisrael, we may have been there, but what would have been our knowledge, our Da'as Elokim? What would have been our knowledge of Hashem? Comparison to messing up and for years and years and years dialing that number to try to get it right again. You can't compare the two. But a person without... Let's go with what Yishai said before because it, it does fit in very much today. But it, I, I don't want to lose the Anava aspect of it. But even though it's the same Shoresh, really. It's the same Shoresh. I meant it because of what Knan. Ken, I know, I know, I know it's what you meant, but I'm saying it's the same Shoresh of Avoda. Like to be able to be Machnia yourself, you need to be a Baal Anava. So look, look how he develops this. And here I want you to open your hearts in the deepest way. The Me'ashiloach says that Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Dor Bahe Ha'aretz, do you know what kind of mistakes your, parent ma- your parents made? Do you know how long they dialed the wrong number? Forty years they dialed the wrong number. But notice something awesome. Do you think they ever stopped dialing? For forty years, whenever they got to a certain place, they dialed the wrong number. Moshe Rabbeinu is not just saying that they made mistakes in Chicago, Dallas, and New York. He's telling them that they kept on dialing, and that's the deepest tire of the beginning of Sefer Tzvarim. That's what he's trying to give over to their children. Because the tire of Eretz Yisrael is, if you think that by making a mistake, it's all over, 
You're not merchandise for Eretz Yisrael. Pashut Melod. You're not merchandise for the Holy Land. The Meshilach says only people who stood on Mount Sinai could have had the strength to keep on dialing. This Dor Hamidbar who crossed the Red Sea, who were so holy and so deep, only they could have had the guts to make so many, so many mistakes. We would have given up. But can you imagine how much this person loves Sprintzel and he's dialing for 2,000 years? It's not normal. Now Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Yidin, I want you to know it took 40 years to go to Israel because you have to make so many mistakes until you hear that God really forgives you. And now he goes one step deeper. The Torah which you can learn without mistakes is given to you on Mount Sinai. Now I already hear everyone about to change the paper. So that is a simon that. <laughs> Stick with these two sentences, trust me. The Torah which you can learn without mistakes is given to you on Har Sinai. What does that mean? You got it right away, you remember it, and it's there for you. What is that Torah? It's the in remembering the number of the, the first story. So that means basically, <laughs> what is that teaching? I, I don't, huh? Halacha? No. No, no, it's not that. It's Mashu Yeah, Ali? It's the Torah instruction. It's not the Torah of experience. It's the Torah of experience. Is that what you meant, Ellie? Yeah. That's what you meant. It's not the Torah of, of experience. It's the Torah of instruction. To fulfill the Torah of instruction, where, do I, where could I do that without any problem? Anywhere but Eretz Yisrael. I could do that anywhere, anywhere but in Eretz Yisrael, because I could do that in Eretz Yisrael, and it won't mean anything to me. Now, where was that Torah given to me? Outside of Eretz Yisrael. That is where that Torah was given to me. That side of the Torah, that aspect of the Torah, was given to me in Chutzlah. What does it mean when we say we have a gullus mentality when it comes to the Olama Torah in Eretz Yisrael? What does that mean? It means that Chavaya is a luxury. That's what it means. That the experiential side of learning of Yiddishkeit, it's for it's a it's a luxury. That's a gullus mindset. We don't understand that you you won't last in Eretz Yisrael if that's if that's your approach. That's the Torah of Mount Sinai. It's the instructions that get you to the headquarters of of, of Chavaya, of experience. The Torah of mistakes, he calls it. The Torah of mistakes is given to you in Yerushalayim. This is Eretz Yisrael Mikveh Beisur, essentially. It's also that, and it's also, I, I was thinking about another line from the, from the Gemara. I mean, when do you really, really hold on to the Torah with for dear life? En Adam oimed al divrei Torah, elein ken nechshal bahem. That's not the Torah of Golis, that's the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. Like when do we start having, in the Torah itself, when do we start having problems and mistakes? Only when we start going towards Eretz Yisrael do we start to have all the problems. Because Reb Shlomo said, the closer you are to where you're supposed to be, the more mistakes you're going to be making. So Baruch Hashem, we must be really, really close. <laughs> really, really, really close. But the Torah of mistakes is given to you in Yerushalayim. Right. Mount Sinai is the mountain... Mount Sinai is the mountain where you're learning the Torah, which you have to learn straight. 
But do you know what kind of a Rebbe Moshe Rabbeinu is? Moshe Rabbeinu does not let us make, us make mistakes by ourselves. In school, the Rebbe is there to teach you how to do the right thing. But when you make a mistake, you're on your own. Not by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, makes a mistake with you. By the golden calf, Moshe Rabbeinu says, If you wipe me, if you wipe, this is, a, this is a typo, if you wipe them out, wipe me out too. Moshe Rabbeinu goes with them the whole time. You know, there's another opinion, I saw this wild opinion, that says that Moshe Rabbeinu saw that um, this door was not going to be forgiven, right? So what does he end up doing? He wants to fulfill his mechenina. How does he fulfill when when does he fulfill his machinina? In in Chukas, when he hits the rock. You understand? It's basically he it's I'm sorry? It's one Shita that I saw that he Dafka did it Bidafka because he said a, a, a real Emesdika leader has to be one with his words. So I saw that, you know, the, these this Yidin are not exactly forgiven because they're not going into Eretz Yisrael, right? So I have to go and mamish mekayim my word, because I know that if I do this, I'll be one with my words mechenina. It's crazy, it's like atomic, like what a what a nutty tire that is, right? But Moshe Rabbeinu is with us when he says I'm with you over here. It means after Egel Azav, he's with us the whole way. He's like the Torah of mistakes, Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Did you think they could learn the pnimius of who you are any other way? So they're going to do a mistake and then you're going to wipe them out? But isn't that the only way to really get to know you? Isn't that the only way to really get to know who you are? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, yes. Now, where did he learn? I want to say something crazy. Where did Moshe Rabbeinu learn the Azuz de Gedusha to answer back like that to Hashem, saying Mechenina? Where do you think he learned that from? It's got to be rooted in the world somewhere. Where do you think he saw this? Does any, can anyone, can anyone? Adam and Chava. Where? The whole system here is like they had to fall and sin in order to like make it back to Gan Eden. Um, like, Which words of Adam are we, are we speaking about? Because I want to, you're right, but I want to medayek. What words of Adam are Rishon? Ah, so this is a givat. The world says he blamed Chava. And all cynical and sarcastic jokes about couples therapy is all based on this misconception that Adam blamed Chava. Chassidus says something wild. Hashem says to Adam Arishon, we learned this once, yeah, this is very deep. Hashem says to Adam Arishon, how could you have eaten from the tree of knowledge? The world says, very good, the blame game begins, right? She's my other half, how can I do it without her? How could I let her fall alone? It can't be that you put me in the world so that when I see my loved one fall so low, you just want me to feel good about myself and stay up here looking, feeling all holy and pure. So when he says, basically, Adam Arishan is saying, there's no way that you're such a shallow God that you'd create me and allow my beloved one to just start dying and me just being fine sitting on a throne of cleanliness and purity. Now, how do we know that that's basically what he was saying? Because what does God respond to Adam when he says that? Nothing. He doesn't respond to him. He doesn't say to him, he doesn't say to him, Shtuyot, stop trying to be a cop-out. There's this shtika kehoda happening already in Parashat Bereshit, where it's basically, Hashem's basically winking to him, saying, you chap what humanity is really all about. So then why the punishment? There's a punishment, but he doesn't kill them. We just said the punishment is 
Torah of mistakes. So it's not a pun, it's a consequence. Reb Shlomo says that when Hashem tells Tachav, tells Chava, Be'etzev til libanim, it wasn't a punishment, it was a description of a reality of a person that thinks that when you make mistakes, you're a bad person and you're off. And if that's what you're going to give over to your children, it's going to be a sad experience of parenthood. Be'etzev til libanim. You see how deep that is? Yeah. He's basically saying it wasn't a punishment. It was a te'ur metziut. It was describing a reality of that type of consciousness. If your consciousness is that there's no such thing as the Torah of mistakes, there's the Torah of Torah, and there's no Torah of mistakes, then good luck raising children. The whole experience for you will be a painful, a painful one because to give over this Torah, this deepest depths of, of what he's saying over here is to understand That's the way you could stand at the end of the day. Unless he is mastering the Torah of mistakes, which is the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. Ah, givat. Lech reid. That's givat. It's such a shkach that this is all happening in our parsha. Okay, let's end this piece over here. Moshe Rabbeinu's day is Simchas Taira. Now that that's based on a teaching that from all the Moadim and everything, you know, David Malkin Meshicha, his day is is what? Hashanah Rabbah, because of the Ushbizim. Right, but on Sukkot I'm saying his day is Hashanah Rabbah. Aaron Akoin is the whole Bechina of Sukkah. But the special day, besides the Ushbizim of, of Sukkot, Nerot Kufa, was the day when thousands of Yidlach were killed this year by us. And that's why this even freaked me out even more. Because Al Pichasidis, Moshe Rabbeinu's day is really Simchas Torah. Why? Because what am I doing with the Torah and Simchas Torah? Am I learning it? No, I'm taking Shivrei Luchos and Luchos, and I'm just dancing with it. They're both in the Aaron, right? I'm just da- the, Can you imagine what Simchas Torah is going to be like this year? Luchos v'Shivrei Luchos Monachim Ba'aron. So Moshe Rabbeinu's day is Simchas Torah. What are we doing on Simchas Torah? We're not taking out the Torah and reading it and learning it, because reading the Torah has to do with Mount Sinai. That's Shavuos. What are we doing on Simchas Torah? We're dancing with the Torah. We're thanking God for all the mistakes we ever made. On Yom Kippur, I'm asking God for forgiveness. It's very beautiful, but it's not the highest in the world. The highest day in the world is Simchas Torah when I dance 
with all of my mistakes. You know why? Because only after I finish the whole tshuva process do I realize that had I not done all my mistakes, nothing would have led me to feel so close through this process called Elo Roshana and Yom Kippur. So would I, have, would I have ever given up on any mistake that I ever did? No, because every mistake becomes my Rebbe. You can't say this lechatchila, but you have to live it because <coughs> it's impossible for to. You can't lechatchila. This is one of the reasons why the Ishbitzer has a lot of schools of thought that say you can't learn this stuff because you'll come to a maskana that if this is the highest thing in the world, let me start with the highest, and that is let me go, you know, let me go to that place. Like a lot of over the years, there's a lot of you know. <laughs> Where people do mechaz, where they had these, uh, you know, anti-Ishbitz rallies, it was always based on these things. Yes, Yosef? In the past you said that anybody who says that they have no regrets, it's a, it's a Christian mentality. But based on this, we can't have any regrets because it's where, it's where we do. While I'm in the process, I have to listen to what the Rambam says. While I'm being cleansed and it hurts so much, of course, it's like when I, while I... When I broke my leg and before I'm in a cast, or even while I'm in a cast, when the fracture is still there, I do regret climbing on that ladder to look to act like a fool, which made me fall and break my leg. But the Torah that I learn about the holiness of the body, hashgacha, all other things, noticing people's care for me, only comes after the tkufat of the havra'ah. So in retrospect, I'm like, thank you, Rebbe Einstein, for all these mistakes, yet I have no schus to say, I gotta go and do as many mistakes as I can to learn the Torah of mistakes. Meaning, it's gonna happen to you anyway. It's gonna happen to you anyway. Only the Baalei Gaiva, no, it won't happen to you. Because you're always right. You know what to do. So you're mastering the Torah of Chutzlaretz. Torah of Chutzlaretz is I don't have to. That's Gullus. Yeah. Most, most of my mistakes are again and again and again. How old are you? How old are you? Yeah, we just mentioned a 2,000-year-old mistake. <laughs> Paul, we just mentioned 2,000 years, there was a wrong number. You're like, you're, you're, you're getting nervous over 48 years? Yeah, but, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's your name, though. What? Ooh. <laughs> it is. Well, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but, but it's not one, too much. Fall in the same hole again and again and again. What's your real question? What's your Shiloh? What's your sh- what? No, no, I want to know. I want to hear what your sh- what's your Shiloh? Yeah, so, I mean, we we saying how we should we we learning we growing from the mistakes, but how how can we keep falling into the same? You know. Question. It's a great. I think it's a question that all of us have. You're just gutsy enough to say it. <laughs> right on. That's what I think. Yeah. I think every one of us has that shaila, but it just doesn't look so good if we say it. So you took. You're like you know. Yosef Atzadi goes down to Egypt first because he knew that the brothers had to go down there and get shmutzik. So Yosef Atzadi says, "I'm going to go down there first, and that's why he was chosen." So you basically just did the same thing. We're all in that shaila, but he's also right. But it's also. Shnia. Uh, Love you. You already gave one dart. Like he, he's like he's gonna cry for a week now. Okay. <laughs> it's not. Oh, you wanna do tshuva? Go, go, go for it. It's. Did you make the mistake in the same exact way that you made it? Ah, that's already that's very deep. Or 
did it take you longer to make that mistake? And then maybe you thought about making a little... mistake and you didn't make the mistake. Very and good. You fell the next time. And you were aware that you were making it while you were Correct. making it. Very right. good. So that's, that, then, then you're not in the same place. You're you may right. be making another mistake. It's not necessarily the same because it's, it's, it's different. Meaning, this is what I mean to say. This is this is bemet. This is like this is not kindergarten stuff. It's deeper than what they're teaching in any yeshivas today. I'm trying to give over to you the secrets of, of everything. Listen, our minds are wired in a way that don't allow us to be vulnerable. We run away from that place, being vulnerable. Seeing how we how we how we how we fall, acknowledging it, all alludes to a place of whatever the voice of our, our, our youth is, whatever Western mentality was, whatever it is, all the stuff that has nothing to do of Torah Eretz Yisrael and the Torah of the real Emes, the Torah of Mashiach, nothing. We still haven't learned the, the, to accept the notion that of what Yosef just said, because that's one of the deepest Torahs in the world. That what? If I could look back at myself and notice that I may be falling again in something I thought I was done with, but the manner in which I did, what I learned about myself, what I learned about God, what I learned about other people, maybe it didn't prevent me from stopping the actual fail, but out in the world of Ein Adam Omed al Torah Elen Kenach Shalban, you're the greatest tzaddik Tamil Chacham that ever was. Ever. I don't think there's one person in here that can say they don't continue to fall in similar things that they've been falling in for a long time. I, I, and that's what makes me proud to, to learn with such chavah. But I, I don't think there's anyone here that says that. There's 2,000 members of different every time. Bidiuk. Not, that's what Yosef was saying. Exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. Exactly. And that means emuna, and this is why this connects perfectly to the next chapter in Rav Ginsburg. Because Keter, the superconsciousness of my Tikkun Amidot, begins with the notion of believing that eventually I will dial the right number. And I have to pull time from the future when eventually I know I'll dial the right number. Equals, what does that equal? Yemot HaMashiach. And I know that my knowledge of God and my knowledge of myself and of every word of Torah will be so infinitely deep Eventually, I'll dial the right number. That's what Rev Ginsburg is going to tell us, that where the superconscious begins to work inside deeper is emuna beviata Mashiach in a new way. In a new way. So therefore, I would love to give you a recipe how to tell you to stop falling in the same thing that you usually fall in. Right? But you know what? The Torah already gave you that with the Torah Shavich Sav. And I could tell you, listen, if you didn't master that, you're, you're just doomed. Torah tells you how, you know, do this, don't do that. Apparently it's not enough for, our, for what we need today. What we need today is to learn from the Torah of mistakes. Is to look at ourselves, to observe ourselves, to have rachmanis on ourselves, not to allow us to fall more. Chas v'shalom. There's no lechatchila heters to fall so I could become a deep ishbitzer chasid. It doesn't work like that. As pretty and as enticing as it sounds. It's not how it works. It's to have the hachna'a and the anava to realize that the only way I conquer Eretz Yisrael is through the Torah of mistakes. There's no other way. There is no answer. Their, their pashat isn't. Yeah. Um, so then, 
I guess with this sort of mistakes being so like individualized and subjective, doesn't it make a big problem with trying to learn from the mistakes of others? Like at a certain point when the inspiring Balchuba story is, is being spoken over, it doesn't land on anyone because no one else had that particular sale. So what why bother trying to communicate those mistakes? Meaning, why is Maishu Rabbeinu telling them the mistakes of the parents? Well, I mean, that is almost a little closer because they're the they're children the, right. sort of around for Right. But, like, if you're just hearing someone on the other side of the world an inspiring story, how much does it really change you unless you live through the same thing? Not as much. You're right. Not as much. No, no, but I, he's not saying, we're not saying it doesn't, yeah. but the things that really, 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 really change you, it's your own, a hundred percent. Now it does touch you. Of course, yesterday I was telling the Chavim the Kolel, I once saw the Amshin of Rebbe say a bracha. I'm dented for life from the way I approach any bracha forever because of what he did to me. I wish, I wish, sometimes I wish I didn't see him say a bracha. I feel so low sometimes after I say brachas. But, but eventually, what will get me to mamish say a bracha for real one day? It's not the Amshan of Rebbe saying a bracha. It's my crying over my wanting to say my bracha. So it does affect me, but it's not the thing that's... The Torah of mistakes is your own. It's your own, it's your own Torah. It's your personal gilui elokut, godly revelation. And and this and, and this is a big machsom. This thing's a big machsom. You, you know who are willing to like you see like you see by children they're willing to just like you know they hurt each other they say I'm sorry and then they move on, and they really don't hold on to things, most of the time, they actually don't really hold on to it. They they have this inyan this experience of being able to just let it go. Yeah, a tire of mistakes. It's like just that's it's just the way it is. Ma. A lot of times kids have a hard time. They, they're stuck in the moment. You have to help them be like, this, what you did, just the shame. They're like very ashamed, very embarrassed. About they have to teach them to be like, it's okay. You made a mistake. Go on. It's all right to go on. And a lot of times they're, they're stuck in that moment. Like, yeah, but just for that moment. And then they're... No, it takes uh, them time sometimes. You have to help them. I would say, I would say, a fuch a fuch. I would say that's actually more like adults. I see that in, <laughs> I see that in shul stuff. Down, but a lot of times when the kids are embarrassed, you have to help them like... Nachon, but I'm saying by an adult, that Torah is infinitely more shayach, what you just said. Infinitely more. A child. Why? Because there's a busha about the Torah's mistakes. He says it here. Look, look, look. This is like a... I'm going to say this this second to the bottom paragraph again. Moshe Rabbeinu Zdeya Simcha's Torah. What are we doing on Simcha's Torah? We're not taking out the Torah and reading it, because reading the Torah has to do with, with Mount Sinai. What are we doing on Simcha's Torah? We're dancing with the Torah. We're thanking God for all the mistakes. On Yom Kippur, I'm asking God for forgiveness. It's very beautiful. But it's not the highest yet, right? It's not the highest in the world. The highest day in the world is Simcha's Torah when I dance with my mistakes. Sadly enough, when we listen to this paragraph, this is, this is crazy. And it's so true. Even here in Shirat David, Okay? Even here, look at this, look how true this is. Sadly enough, when we get old, we get disgusted with our mistakes. But who are the biggest mevinim on mistakes? I once played at a day school in Cincinnati, and it was a very big concert. At the end of the concert, there was a little group of young yeshiva kids, ages 5 to 12, dancing like mad. 
Then there were college students. Then there was a group of older Yidin. The kids were dancing like mad, falling over each other, but who cares? They got up and continued to dance. Then the president of the yeshiva slipped and fell. He was okay, but his wife thought he was a heart attack. So the older people stopped dancing because one of them fell. (laughs) You know what it is? The older you get, the less guts you have to make mistakes. Because of gaiva. You know what an old person is? Someone who refuses to learn by mistake. I should know by now. So if I'm acting in a certain way, by now, it must be the proper way. Huh? Bidiuk. 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 Children only learn by mistake. How do you teach a child how to walk? They fall and then they get up. How do you teach a child anything? They know the truth. They only learn by mistakes. Now listen to this mind-blowing medrash. Adam and Chava made one mistake and thought the whole thing was over. Why so? Because the Medrash says that Adam and Chava were 20 years old when they were created. They, never, they didn't know how to learn by mistake. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's mind-bogglingly crazy. Is that their Metzius in this world was like this one thing of like jumping over this most crucial, crucial <coughs> time in life where you master the art, hopefully, of the deepest way of real Torah entering into you. They're born into the world after that. And that's why you and I are so messed up. Why are we all so messed up? Because here we are, thousands of years later, trying to do a tikkun for something that seems that, that it's impossible. What are we trying to always do? What do we say? What's our avoid in this world? Tikkun eitz hadas, right? It's a chaim. But the way that they messed up was because they were born into a mitzvah that was already kilu after. What's the hashlama? What's the hashlama of this? Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, the tikkun of us being in Eretz Yisrael. I know this is crazy, wild, deep stuff, but I, I hope you're with me. I hope I'm with me. <laughs> I hope I'm with you. If not, the whole thing's not, none of this is worth it. Yeah. Eretz Yisrael, the Torah of Eretz Yisrael, is the Torah of En Adam Omed Al Divrei Torah Elam Ken Nechshal Bahen? It's the Torah of mistakes. Adam and Chava messed that up. Why? Because based on this medrash, they're born into a mitzvah that's already after the time when a human being goes through this avoda of Torah of mistakes without, with much less hardship. What are we, why is this tikkun, this last tikkun from Mashiach is coming, of us holding on to Eretz Yisrael, grabbing Eretz Yisrael? Why is it so, so, so difficult? Why is it the hardest thing in the world? So it's two reasons. One, because to really become a Balanava is the hardest thing in the world. It is. It's the hardest midah to conquer. It's the hardest one. And that's why we have so much trouble with it here in Eretz Yisrael. It's the hardest. Chochmah, it's not so hard. Bemet. Uh, you go through Mesil Sisharim, all the prokim there of, of you know, Nekiyuds, Rizut. It's hard, it's not so hard. Anava? That one is the hardest. But we understand that us coming to Eretz Yisrael is the most, like Rav Ginsburg said, is speaking up about peace in Eretz Yisrael in a non-Mashiach <coughs> context is not just wrong, it's dangerous. Because it's me'avet, it's an ivut. Rav Ginsburg told us speaking about peace in a non-Mashiach context here, as we've seen, has been used in the most hafuch way of Kedusha. Hafuch, the exact opposite. 
are coming to Eretz Yisrael to do a tikkun for this final stage of tikkun of the, of, of the gaiva in a real way, and mastering the Torah of mistakes in a real way can only come through utmost anava, and we have it actually extra hard, because even though we say we're all from Adma Rishon, there's one thing in the world that never was, the first 20 years of Adma Rishon. That world of mamish mastering the Torah of mistakes clean before Chet Eitz never took place in the world. It never existed before. Our tikkun here is to be mashlim those first 20 years, which never actually took place. A mitziut of 20, the equivalent of 20 years before the sin of the tree of knowledge never existed in the world. And that's the hardest tikkun to do. And that's what we're actually doing. No wonder why it's 2,000, 3,000 years already, and we keep on dialing the wrong number, because once we get that right number, the way we will know the Ribbon the way we will know everything we ever had to go through, the way we will love, the way everything will shtim, is something the world has yet to experience. And that's why Rav Ginsburg is going to start with the highest, in Keter. Keter, the place of Keter, the Avod of Tikkun Amida, of the superconsciousness of Keter, Reishis, and you'll see how he develops it, is reminding us that there will be a time where Mashiach is going to come, and believing in that, and drawing strength from the future. Drawing strength from what will be. And the ability for us to draw strength from what will be is so talui in the midah of anava and achla. It's unzatly believed. That's the ability. That, that basically gives it to us. It's like we're an older nation. We're the oldest we've ever been as a nation. Nahon. So it plays right into that last Nahon, It does. It does. Uh, just a disclaimer. There's no heterium to try to do averas right now. Okay? <laughs> no, no. There's no heter right now to go and master the Torah of mistakes l'chadchila. It'll happen to you b'dievet anyway. Trust me. It'll happen to you b'dievet anyway. Trust me. Yes? This, this seems to be trying for one ever-recurring issue, and that is the issue of responsibility. Children don't know anything about responsibility. So if Al-Marishan missed that time, he did not know what it's like to have no responsibility. It's not to reject responsibility, you just right. don't know what right. this is. Right. Okay. So somehow the children have to be brought to know what responsibility is. Right. And sadly, I think that's where, that's where the the mistake happens that gets us to the problem here. Uh-huh. That responsibility is almost always connected to being wrong, to being guilty, right. and to avoid right. that, avoiding, which makes it impossible to live this way. Mm-hmm. Because then, then all we can do is want to avoid exactly. it. Exactly. So we do not exactly. want to live. No. To live mistakes. No, it'll, that's what I'm saying. It'll happen to you anyway. Meaning, the, but lechatchila would be to live like them, that's impossible. 100%. That, that's it. So when we're used to thinking automatically that if a mistake happens, if I make a mistake or somebody else makes a mistake, it is inherently bad. Right. And so we don't want to deal with that. Right. The best we can do is reject it. Right. Yeah. So that, that is the struggle. And it, and it started 
because I thought when you when he talked about Adam and Chava about they didn't want to take responsibility. Yeah, that is true. Adam and Chava said, "No, no, it's she did it," and she said, "No, no, it's the Nachat." No, no, no. So yes, great example of somebody not wanting to take responsibility. But here in this context, we can see what that means. Yeah, yeah they made a mistake, and they could could have looked at it the way it right. explained that Adam actually said. This is my wife. Uh-huh. What do you want from me? I think what he's saying over here is that Adma Rishon dialed one wrong number and never dialed again. Yeah. Yeah. And and since then we've been in this world of Pirud. And the way we get back out of the world of Pirud to the world of oneness is by every wrong number that we dial. It may still be the wrong number, Paul. But I'm getting closer to the right number because I'm disqualifying. You're crossing it off. I'm crossing it off. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. That, that, that word here about the simple story, we dance. Yeah. It, it shouldn't say we dance with the mistakes. It should say we dance with the mistakes. Right. With the full... Right, not because of my mistake, with my mistakes. With them. Yeah. In many ways, like, uh, other Marishan dialed the actual only right number. Because Adam was born, let's say, when he was right. 20, he never had the childhood. Right. And so he was almost like a robot. Right. And the only way for him to now join into that Torah of mistakes is by making the only mistake he can possibly have made. <laughs> and so... That's so deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And so, like, it's all backwards. It's all backwards. <laughs> it's all backwards. <laughs> well, we'll continue well, Wednesday, Be'ez Hashem.